0: In this episode, we continue our series entitled For the People in the Back. Pastor John Mark Caton tells us three words that can change our life. Those words being, make every effort. He gleans these words from Second Peter 1, 5 through 8 and creates seven actions for us to perform. Now let's make every effort to listen to John Mark. All right, hey, you know, as I, uh, as I was thinking about uh, what to share today, uh, the last couple of days, uh, I kind of was driven to the thought of who are we as dudes Um, and you know I'm I'm hearing about work and everything that we do and uh, you know there's always that uh, debate uh, in life, uh, what do I focus on in life, do I focus on results or goals that I have in life or do I focus on the effort, what I'm doing and uh, begin to think through that in, our, in God's word. And you know the reality when you think about God's word, uh, in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight uh, to 10, we're really told uh, there's some things in your spiritual journey, in your spiritual life, uh, that effort will not help you out. That effort will not help you out. However, there are also some things in your spiritual life that effort will help you out. If, if God's goal was to save you, he ultimately Put in the effort by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins and mine. He did the work. And the result of that is that you and I, by faith, can receive Jesus Christ as Savior Lord. And the result is because of God's effort or Christ's effort and what God did and Christ did on the cross, I receive the result of my salvation simply by faith. But then after I'm saved, I do get the opportunity to put in the work, right? So notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 10. It says, "For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God." So that is a gift of God. God gives us what we can't gain even with our greatest effort. You know, clear, the Bible is clear in the Old Testament and New that none of us are righteous, no, not one. None of us could be good enough to gain our salvation, not one. None of us can be perfect. Jesus said, If you want to be, uh, be saved by yourself, he said, Be ye therefore perfect, for your Father in heaven is perfect. He said that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, right in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, The measure is so high that you and I don't even need to kid ourselves, that we could somehow, some way, attain salvation. But then notice, as we're back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, Not by works, so that no one could boast. None of us. Not even the best person you can ever think of. When it comes to salvation, Billy Graham didn't do it by himself. Mother Teresa couldn't do it by himself. And I don't know about you, as I think about me and Billy Graham, I don't compare how many of us understand. And if he didn't get there by works, neither can we. So God put in the effort to pave the way for our salvation. So once we've uh, saved, once we've trusted Christ for our salvation, once we've received the result of God's effort in God's work, that means I can shut it down, right? No, absolutely not. Look at the very next verse, verse 10. he, He goes on, he says, For we are God's handiwork, God's work, masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do what? What does it say to put in the work as men we are not saved by putting in the work but when we are saved then we put in the work and so I begin to think today uh, as I wanted to share with you where are some areas in our life that we need to put in the work that will benefit not only me and my walk and my spiritual journey in my life, but listen guys It will also benefit you in your marriage It will benefit in your you in your friendships It'll benefit you these will benefit you in the office And so I begin to just uh, do kind of a research and a study and I've uh, been preparing this and I looked through scripture and I found a phrase in the Greek that Oftentimes is translated into the English the very same way And you've probably heard this phrase before and I'm going to show you seven different places in God's Word Where when we think about that we are God's handiwork Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do beforehand that when we think about this word It's translated really into three words make every effort how many of you ever heard that phrase from the Bible in the New Testament there are seven times in the New Testament where we are told make every effort make every effort make every effort and I wanted to just show you these today that in these areas and if you and I because of our salvation not for our salvation but because of our salvation if we will put in the er effort in these seven areas in our life I will promise you if you are married your marriage will be better if you have friends, your friendships will be better. I will promise you, you will do these seven things. Your, 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 your workplace uh, uh, will be better. How you're viewed by others will be better. And we have to put in the effort to make it happen. Now, a couple of years ago, and I'm glad it's kind of gone out. How many of you remember a couple of years ago? Uh, I, I think it was a sports commentator, somebody, Remember when the word efforting all of a sudden showed up? How many of you remember that? They, they, they've been efforting, right? And it just sounded weird. Remember that? You're like, you mean they're trying hard? We took the word effort and made, it, made a word efforting out of it. You're kind of like, ah, I don't know that that's going to catch on. So as we think about it today, guys, when you and I leave, if you like that word, go out here efforting. Or you can use what the Bible says, three words. Make every effort. So where are seven areas in our life? If we want to be the kind of men that God truly can use in every space in our life, where are the seven areas? First of all, make every effort in growing your faith. Make every effort in growing your faith. That's number one. Are you putting in the effort? Are you putting in the energy? Are you doing everything you can to make it happen? You say, where do you see this pastor? Second Peter chapter one, verse five to to eight. Here it is. For this very reason, make every effort. Let's all say those three words together. Make every effort, right? Make every effort, why? For this reason, make every effort to do what? To add to your faith, goodness, and add to your goodness, knowledge, and add to your knowledge, self-control, and add to your self-control, perseverance, and to add to your perseverance, add godliness, and to godliness, add mutual affection, And mutual affection to mutual affection add love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, in making every effort measured, growing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we journey through life spiritually, guys, as you grow in your faith, the last thing we want to be is ineffective and unproductive. How many of us understand that? Man, we don't. Man, I don't want to get to the end of my life and think I wasted it. I don't want to get to the end of my life and think I was unproductive. I want to make sure that when I get to the end of my life, I spent my time doing the right things, having an impact, being who God wants me to be. And my encouragement for you is that's what God wants out of you as well but it's not gonna happen by chance. Salvation comes by faith, but spiritual growth happens through effort. It's an effort. It's an an effort to wake up at uh, six o'clock and come on Tuesday morning. How many of you put in a little effort this morning? All right. How many of you are morning people anyway, right? How many of you, this is easy. How many of you, let's be honest, this is hard. I love you guys. You guys are my friends right there. I asked my wife, I am not a morning person. You know, I've told you this over and over, my wife is a morning person. My wife loves to see the sun come up. I love to see it go down. And so this has been effort for me. For 27 years now, this has been an effort for me. But guess what, I have grown from the men that have come through here, and hopefully they've grown as we've efforted together. We've been efforting. That's a great word, we should bring that back. Please don't, I hate that word. I hate that word. But here's what we need to understand. If you and I want to be who God wants us to be, thought number one, make every effort. Say it again. Make every effort to grow in your faith. Here's the second place that I see it's used in the New Testament. Make every effort to build your character and integrity. Make every effort to build your character and integrity. So as you've grown spiritually by making every effort, by putting in the work that now we want to make every effort to build our character and integrity. You say, "Pastor, where do you see this?" 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 14. It says, "So then, dear friends, buddies, dudes that we hang out with, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort. There's those words again. to be found spotless, blameless and in peace with Christ." So, how do I how do I grow my integrity? Grow my character? That listen, I want to examine honestly my life and do everything I can to make sure in my conversations and in my relationships that I speak in such a way that I am blameless and spotless. I'm never gonna be perfect, but how many of us know we can be better? We can be better. We could be better about that quiet conversation that we have, we could be better about those small things that we do that are unseen. We could all be better. And so if we wanna be the kind of men that God wants us to be, we wanna be men that are doing everything we can, that we are making every effort to build our character integrity and integrity, to make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and be at peace with him. I love what Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, talking about this, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. He says, whoever conceals their sins do not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them will ultimately find mercy. Man, you know, some of the best things you and I could do from time to time is go look people in the eye and say, I'm sorry, how many of you know that? Dude, I, I shouldn't have said it that way. I shouldn't have responded that way. If you're married, you you want to lift your integrity to your wife. When you blow it, when you mess it up, just show up face to face with her sometime and just stop her and say, hey, can I say this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our natural reaction when we sin is to make an excuse. How many of us know that? And if your natural reaction isn't to make an excuse, then your natural reaction is to blame someone else. those, those, Those are the two things we do. When we have a chink in our armor, when we have a flaw in our character, we have a tendency to want to make an excuse or blame someone else instead of owning it. And so guys, if you and I really want to have the kind of marriages we want to be, if we want to be the kind of friends that we, God wants us to be, if we want to have the impact at the office that, that, that we can have, then we want to do everything we can to build our character and integrity. And it's not, it's not, we're not going to build our character and integrity by hiding our sins. I want you to know, this is a space and a place at Cottonwood Creek where we can't help you if you conceal your sin and hide it. But if you confess it, we're gonna accept you and help you journey through it. We're not gonna leave you where you are. We're gonna help you try to become who God wants you to be. Here's number three. Ready, guys? You ready to make some more effort? I, I love this. Make every effort to live at peace with other people. Make every effort to live at peace with other people. I, I love what you, you see in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. He says, make every effort. Say it again, guys. Make every effort. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see God. Make every effort to live at peace with everybody. Man, that means go out of your way. Put in the work. Put in the time. Put in the energy. Man, we want to be those kind of men. Then listen, as far as it has to do with me, I'm going to be at peace with everybody in my life. If you are constantly in battle with someone, I'm going to encourage you to reevaluate how you talk, how you live, how you act. Here's something I've noticed about uh, battles, if you think about constant battles create constant casualties. How many of you know that? When we are constantly battling, there are constant casualties. In other words dead bodies just flying out of our lives and the best thing we can do is be the kind of people that are trying to be at peace with everyone possible man we can't be at war with everybody guys just look around this room not everybody in this room is going to agree on everything but let me tell you what we need to go out of our way to be at peace with everybody we can, especially brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because Satan's gonna come out at us. How many of you know that when we leave here in a few minutes, Satan's gonna show up? He's gonna show up at your life. And we need other men and other people of God that are fighting our battles for us and with us. So do everything you can. Make every effort to be at peace with everyone. Sometimes, you have to go out of your way to make peace with your wife. How many of you know what you're talking about? We have to do that with our kids, right? Those we work with, those we hang out with, those you drive. And yeah, You don't have to be, with, be at peace with those people driving down the road. Just stay in your lane, guys. Just stay in your lane. That's number three. Here's number four. Here's a, uh, another one. Same word, same word translated. Make every effort to forgive those who hurt you. Go out of your way. To forgive those who hurt you. It's like some people make every effort to never forgive anybody. They relive something that happened a year ago as if it happened a minute ago. How many of you know someone like that? And some other people, they could relive something that happened two years ago as if it happened yesterday. Or five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago guys it is time to make every effort to forgive those who hurt you man you say where do you see that Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 by the way uh, 12, Hebrews 12 14 that make every effort applies to these two so verse 14 make every effort to do what to live at peace now verse 15 make every effort To see that no one falls short in the grace of God, there's the grace of God, and that no root of bitterness grows up to cause trouble and defile many. What is he saying? I want to make every effort to, first of all, be at peace, verse 14, with everybody, and then verse 15, I want to make every effort to forgive those who hurt me. Why? Because if I do not forgive those who hurt me, what does verse 15 say will happen to me? A root of bitterness will grow up in my life. A root of bitterness will grow up in my life. So what happens when a root begins to suck all of the, uh, the liquid the, the, the sustenance out from other under the foundation of your house? What happens? You call Rex, right? Because it breaks your foundation. It destroys your foundation. What is he saying right here? Hebrews is saying, listen, a root of bitterness that grows in your heart develops a broken and cracked heart, guys. It develops an angry heart, a bitter heart. And we don't need that. Your, your, Your wives don't need that. Our kids don't need dads being bitter all the time. So do whatever you can to forgive those who have hurt you. But notice this if you are bitter what does this verse say if you are bitter and angry at somebody else look at what the verse says does it say you're going to hurt yourself what does it say somebody look at it, read it read it what does it say hurt many, hurt many. collateral damage it's collateral damage. exactly right guys if you walk in bitterness you will destroy those around you. Don't think you won't. It doesn't matter who you are, guys. It doesn't matter how good you are. Somebody is going to mistreat you along the way. How many of us understand that? You're going to be wronged at the job site. You're going to be wronged in a relationship. You're going to be wronged in this. You're going to be wronged in that. Man, you've got to do everything you can to put that away. Why? Not just for you, but for those around me. I want you to know as your pastor, you don't want your pastor walking in bitterness and angry about things that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because guess what, I can hurt you today. I could stand up here and I could light someone up that did something that someone else did five years ago, they did it intentionally, you did it innocently, and I could hurt you, couldn't I? And guess what, we could do the same thing. In your journey, in your life, in your relationships, if you aren't careful, someone innocently says something to you that someone said to you a year ago, and you will attack the innocent person because you remember the other person. Man, we wanna journey through life, guys. Having soft hearts. Don't ever let a root of bitterness grow up in your life where you carry your hurt and you carry your anger. Here's number five, everybody say five. Make every effort to keep the Sabbath holy. To make worship a priority. To make worship a priority, you say, where do you see that? Hebrews chapter nine, verse uh, chapter four, verse nine to eleven. He says there remains then a Sabbath rest. This is Hebrews, right on the book of Hebrews. Guess get just just somebody, just go way out on a limb. When you see a book called Hebrews, who do you think it's written to? Hebrews. Hebrews. Okay, yeah, good. Just wanted to make sure y'all were in on that. So he says, that's why he's going to talk about the Sabbath, right? He says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For us, New Testament, he says, a, a day of rest, a day of worship, a day of church for anyone who enters God's rest uh, from their works. What are they doing? Doing all work all week, just as God did uh, for his. Now, let's say verse 11. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. Make every effort. What is he talking about, the Sabbath rest? That you and I wanna make sure that as we've been working all week, that we continue to make worship our priority. Uh, A time when we reflect back all the way to the creation of the world, where God created, 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 and rested. That you and I wanna work, 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 but understand that worship needs to be a priority in our life, and it's work. It's sometimes work. Man, getting your kids up, getting them in the van, getting them in a the car, getting them in the SUV, getting them there when they're, not, when they're grumbling, they're griping, it's a lot of work. Sports schedules, school schedules, it's a lot of work. But guys, if we wanna be who God wants us to be, we've gotta make every effort to make worship our priority. So guys, on Sunday mornings, if you wanna be the man that God wants you to be, be willing to put in the earth effort on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whenever you decide to worship as a family. Saturday night at 5 p.m., Sunday morning at 9:30, 30, 11. Put in the effort, put in the energy. Make every effort as you journey through life. Here's number six, you ready? Make every effort to encourage other people, to build others up. Make every effort to build others up. You say where do you see that romans chapter 14 verse 19 he says let us therefore those three words make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification make every effort to do whatever it takes to create peace and mutually encourage others I think that's one of the beauties of, uh, of our time right here, this morning. We come in, we laugh, you develop, you make some new friends. Man, you, you new guys that introduced yourself today, that was incredible. Except for the cat thing, I'm not sure how, how I'm in on that. Uh, so, no. Why do we do, why do, we do that? Because we want a smile on your face. Dude, and when you come back next week, we want want others around you to shake your hand and get to know you. Does that make sense? That's what we're supposed to do. How many of you know we can be beat up enough out there? We come in here and develop deep relationships and friendships. And there's going to come a day when maybe you need us and maybe we need you. And guys, we want to roll in here and mutually edify each other and encourage each other. And that's what we're supposed to be about. And that doesn't happen by chance. It happens because we put in the effort. And so, guys, when we break up here in a few seconds, some of these guys that stood up, my prayer is you're willing to put in the effort to walk over a table or two and make sure you introduce yourself to these new guys and begin to encourage them and to edify them and build them up. Because that's the way God put us together. We're going to get beat up enough. When we're not in here, let's make sure we do it right when we're in here. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Make every effort to encourage others. Here's number seven, ready? I chose seven because, how many of you know seven's a Bible number, right? That's the number of completion. If you will do all seven of these, guys, y'all will be the most perfectest dudes in the world. All right, here's number seven. And by the way, it's efforting to have to say the word perfectest. All right. Make every effort to build unity in the faith. Make every effort to build unity in the faith. You say where do you see this? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 says, "Make every effort." Everybody say make every effort. Make every effort. Same translation, same Greek words to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I love that. Make every effort to to do what? to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace it's kind of interesting if you look in this this verse right here it doesn't say we create unity what does it say keep it, keep it. who makes unity the spirit of god Do you realize that the Spirit of God in me and the Spirit of God in you can never be in conflict with each other? Now, the flesh in me and the flesh in you can be in conflict with each other, right, Ron? Spirit of God, no, right. How many of us understand that, right? That if you are a believer, when you don't like me, let me tell you who you don't like. That dude named John Mark, how many of you understand? That's called his flesh. I will promise you, as a person of faith, the Spirit of God in you never disagrees with the Spirit of God in me. But every once in a while, if I'm not careful, you can encounter that dude named John Mark who is not led by the Spirit. How many of us understand that, right? He's the dude you don't like. And so it's my job to do everything I can to live by the Spirit. Why? Because the more I live by the Spirit, the more I keep the unity of the Spirit. That when you and I have a conversation and we disagree about things, we are able to quickly ascertain what is the most important thing. That you and I are children, men of God. Right? That's the main thing that we would do everything we can to keep the unity of the Spirit. I mean, we don't want to be dividing people up. We don't want to be pushing people aside. We want to do everything we can to keep the unity of the Spirit. Why? Because there is a strength among God's men when we gather around the most important things and we understand that the most important thing we can do as men is honor and love God. And we don't divide people out because they've done this or this is the past that they have. We just want to make every effort to not create unity in the Spirit. That has already been made. But we do want to go out of our way to keep the unity of the Spirit. So let me ask you a question. This is where we're going to close before I pray. When you think about these seven areas in your life, how much effort are you putting into them? More important. Closing question, which of these seven areas, when I say amen here in a few minutes, do you need to put the most effort into between now and next Tuesday? And I will promise you, there's one of them. How many of you can think of at least one of these, right? So put in the effort, not for salvation, but because we have it and it helps us become the men that God wants us to be let's pray father thank you so much for this day God thank you that we are men who are saved by grace not by works but we also are men who understand that you have created us and you've created work for us to do God as men here at Cottonwood Creek we are we are the kind of men that are gonna put in the effort. We're gonna put in the work to build our characters, be faithful in worship, to be at peace with all people, to to encourage and and bring unity of the spirit in every way. We're gonna lift up others. We're gonna encourage them along the way. We're gonna forgive those who hurt us. We're gonna live at peace with others because that's what you call us to do. And when we do those seven things, God, we become the men you want us to be in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless, guys. You have a great day. Put in the effort. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. For more information about Cottonwood Creek Church, visit cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you come back to listen to future episodes of Men's Bible Study.